Hello and welcome to another episode of Iodeli Speaks. I'm Iodeli Harrison, husband, father of two, senior partner of Community Bill Ventures, senior partner of education with Community Bill Ventures, um, having 20 plus years teaching and leading in public, private, international schools. So in this episode, I wanted to talk about, I'm going to say my brother, a genius, visual visual master, storyteller, Mr. Steve McQueen. Um, He is a filmmaker, director, I believe writer, producer, all those other things. He was the director of 12 Years a Slave, and um, he has recently created a series of movies. Uh, I guess you can call them short movies called Small Acts. A-X-E, like in the axe handle, or, you know, to chop an axe that chops down a tree. And so, so it's, it's as of today, it's a series on Prime, uh, on Amazon Prime video, and I just happened into it the other day and enjoyed the two episodes that I saw. Um, and the, the one I wanted to be specific about today was the one called Lover's Rock. And it's, this, this whole five movies are set somewhere in the 60s, right? Tumultuous time, great racial tension in Europe. Um, it's in the UK specifically uh, around London. I'm not a, a, an expert of the UK, but it's, it's, in, it's in around London. Some of them are various neighborhoods. One takes place in Notting Hill. The other one, like East London, I don't know the map, so I'm not fully aware of where they're at, but it's it's London, it's the UK, the 1960s, around there. It centers in black community, specifically black, black Caribbean, Caribbean communities, and just their struggle to, of life during the 60s, which, as I said, was very tumultuous with racial tension, police brutality, unsanctioned, or excuse me, state-sanctioned beatings, maimings, probably murders and so that's the backdrop of this and and this this one I want to specifically focus in on just love and compassion spoken and unspoken that black men black men share with each other in ways that might feel or seem weird to others specifically to black women there is this love and connection that we have, even and kinship that we have, even with not really knowing each other. And we make space for each other when we're allowed to connect with one another safely, you know, in, in a brave way. And so this this whole movie, uh, Lovers Rock, that's the title of the movie in the small act series. And it takes place at a house where there's a party going on, right? It's some, you know, black folks in the Caribbean community there in the UK in in London are throwing a party. Food's being cooked, DJ setting up, men and women are getting ready to come, right? And so if we fast forward to this scene of great compassion, like a majority of the movie is, is, is watching the interactions of the characters, men and women, some, some single, some in relationship, some just there to hang out with the DJ security, all these other things are just happening, right? And so 
Uh, if you haven't seen Lovers Rock and you want to see it, pause right here because this is a, this is a spoiler alert. There's a lot of stuff that happens in this, right? And it, and it just and I want to get to I think it's like the last 30 minutes or so, or I, I'm not sure where it's at, but at one point, who's in the room? So we got typical folks who want to party, young folks, right? Young folks look like 20-something folks. They pay their entrance. They want to get in. They want to have a good time. Bouncer at the door all those this is all a community party right it's, it's just it's it's local folks who find about it house isn't packed but it's full of people and so in this room is a gentle so it are regular party goers and then this other gentleman from outside who clearly isn't really a part of the group but saw someone familiar to him enter the party and it registered she actually happened to be a family member so and that family member it, it meant something you know to her you know they, they meant something good morning good morning they meant something to each other they were cousins and some incident had happened and what we come to find out was that the gentleman who kind of pushed his way and slided his way into the house party uh his mother died right was killed somehow and he, he's still suffering from that. Now, only he and the, his cousin in the party know about this. And then a few other people come to learn about it. But when they get into this space, there's, they can see that as he's entered into the space, he comes with a different sort of energy. The security guard, big burly brother, notices his energy is off. But yet, because he's kind of making a lot of noise out on the front porch and all this other kind of stuff, he's, you know, and people start to watch like white neighbors, right? All black folks coming in and out of this house. He's, he brings them in and he's into the party and says, hey, watch yourself, right? So the brother then who, who, who kind of barged into the party is now in the party doing his thing, but he gets to the dance floor. And the best way I can describe it is he's, he's drank a little bit and he, he hits this release button. It's like this, it's, it's hard to explain this. There's, there's so much raw energy in him that has been pent up and it just happens on the dance floor when you start to feel this release. And many a times the release comes, you're not on beat, you're not on, and it's, it's a combination of feeling safe the music is right the temperature is right the room is right the energy of the room maybe it's like some sort of subconscious it could just hold you or you just don't even worry about that and you just begin to release and the dj and the dj's crew you know the hype man and stuff like that begin to notice that he's got an energy that's off and he's starting to release and this all this interaction between the DJ, his hype man, and another brother in the room is all nonverbal. They're just looking at each other because it's like they're sizing this brother up saying, hey, he's, he's here, he's doing this, he's not hurting anybody, but he's just, he's going through something right now. And through a nonverbal communication, right? One brother says, I, I gotta address this energy. Not, I, I don't really have to say much. And he kind of bumped into him. And the brother who's, you know, releasing kind of pauses for a moment. And then the brother who interrupted him was like, here, take this. And it was, it, it seemed to be marijuana weed. 
to kind of get them to calm down, right? Or I don't even know if it's calm down, but it's like, it, it might, I, it, it probably was a calm down or be in this space, but it, it was not a, a, a negative place to be. It was more of like, here, this will help you in this moment because we see something happening and this is all nonverbal. And just watching the scene, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm floored. I, I, I'm sitting up and I'm watching this and I'm just like, there's such gentleness, there's such courage that's happening to notice that this brother's going through something. Now, as I said before, only if the brothers who are holding this space, holding the dance board for space for this brother's hurting, don't know what he's going through, but they know he's going through a release moment. And so then what happens? They make space for him. Hey, hit this. He kind of is like, what, huh? You know, kind of non-verbally, huh, what? You know, leave me alone. And he takes it, he hits it, calms down. And I would say probably deepens into that energy, right? Begins to manifest it. Then the brother says, come over here, right? So he stops as he comes over and he's just listening to the music. And then unbeknownst to me, like, I don't know how it happened. I got to go back and watch the, the movie. But the microphone ends up in that brother's hand, the one who was doing the release. And it's almost like a he, his anointing was coming through. The brothers could feel that his energy was raw, was true, authentic, and they made space for it. They made space for it. They were strong enough, bold enough to not kick him out of the party, not confront him in a very mean or destructive or distracting way, but like invite him into the party because there is this common bond that we as black men have that when we're in tune with one another, can't, 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 can't no one understand because we can understand what it means to walk this planet, walk this earth, the strife and strain, the struggle, the joys, the successes, the losses, the sickness, the poverty, the financial stability. All of those things are in our experience that there's a relationship that we have when we're infinity with one in affinity with one another and we feel safe enough. And those brothers who were the DJ and understood without saying, it's a non-verbal interaction that was going on. And so the, as I get back to the story, he, he gets the mic in his hand and, and he's, you know, he's, the hurting brother is just full of energy, is just releasing something. And the DJ and the hype man notice that it's actually elevating the party. It's elevating the room in a way that is unplanned, is spontaneous, can cannot be acted. What he's saying, you know, like just emotion is being articulated in sound and body movement and energy in a way that elevates a party. I, I don't know if you I don't know if you've experienced that, but there's there's often a time in the party where it's it's some of the same music. But all the variables get lined up. All the elements get lined up. And the party just seems to start to get onto one elevated accord. 
And this happens to be there's women in the room. Don't get me wrong, but it, it's the 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 show is is centering around the men in the room, right? All there for different reasons, trying to hang out, get a chick, hang out with the chick, all this other type of stuff. But it elevates to this common affinity of being black males and just the energy not having to explain anything and so he takes the mic and he's saying these things and the party goes and what's happening is the dj starts to become responsive to the brother on the mic who's just he's now elevated and is choosing he and his partner are choosing music to take this thing to the next level then as we go on the brother releases the mic and the music takes the, the folks the rest of the way because he entered with his energy and then a brother in the room noticed his energy nurtured him nurtured that energy allowed it to continue to release because it was necessary for that man in that moment it elevated the party and elevated the group to then the music took over and we all know music is euphoric right and this is where we, we why we hold you know djs and you know mixologists in, in very high esteem because when, when they're riding on that note and they're just feeling the room and they know music so well so well that they just choose a song it might be popular it might be old whatever and they just play that song and it's like well, how do you just know to play that song he doesn't know He's feeling it too. And knowing that, how do I continue this energy? This is why being a DJ takes a lot of work. A good one takes work, right? Takes a lot of work to read the room and react, to read the energy of the room. So then the music goes. Then next thing you know, the whole room of men are releasing. It, it, you gotta watch it. I, it's They're releasing. There's just this, I mean, what some related to is it's not a mosh pit it's not a it's it's a it's a it's a it's a physical expression of energy that comes through that men that I, I think it's one of our highest forms of connectedness right and it looks well from the outside looking if you don't know it looks rough it looks like they're hurting each other it looks like all these things but the men who are non-verbally interacting with one another are feeding off that energy and it's not a show it's not like hey I'm gonna show a move and do this it's, it's an it's an expression it's a release and so this elevated room has these men release in this way that is just so athletic so energetic so authentic and the best way I can describe is raw and it's that release. I, I mean, I've experienced this before too, you know, in a room where I, I just, I can't even explain. Like it just, it's, it's a, you, you just get caught up and the music leads you. And then the music, you know, the words, the lyrics, then like speak to you in ways they speak to your, it's almost, it's like, it's like, it's cathartic. Like, it's cathartic. My God, I was just sitting there like, how the, f Steve McQueen, you dog, you. How, how did? And 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 with the the way he shoots movies, there's a there's a lingering part of every scene that's not uncomfortable, but he just lets it sit. 
he lets it sit and you just can if you let yourself you you get taken into that moment i was taken into that moment and the way it was shot was one of the cameras was was in the group moving right and and it was done magnificently because you know i know they know how to do this but the camera was so close i'm like how is it not bumping into these but like the camera was in flow with the guys the way it was shot brilliant and then this energy release just happened in community and affinity of black men that like affirms that space affirms the reason why no matter all the shit we got a face There is safe space. And we can cultivate it for ourselves. Clearly, we do have the help of our women. We do. I'm not, this is not an absolute thing. But there's a space that, when given the opportunity, is so dynamically rich for black men. It's often very fleeting. It doesn't happen a lot. This was not planned. Not planned. This party. They didn't know who was coming. They didn't know who would be interacting. But still, when we're given space and affinity to connect, man, our energies and our energy are, are facilitated or ushered in together. And we read the room and are in tune with each other. Such healing can happen. Cathartic interaction, this this growth happens. It's cold out here. And Steve McQueen and his team of folks, writers, artists, actors, were able to capture this in this moment. They were able to capture this and Man, that, that just, that's, that spoke so much to me. Like, cause I was like, cause it, it was just, I, I don't even know how long that was, but it was just this raw energy of connectedness, of fellowship that happens. And everybody understood without any words being said, because our, our, our skin and our place in that time explains it all. I might not know exactly what everybody's going through, but I have an idea if I'm in affinity. I, and, and the other thing is that when you're in affinity, it allows you to be more vulnerable and take risk more so than anything else. When you feel brave enough, and, and I, I talk often about safe spaces, and I think safe spaces really, I mean, exist in affinity, specifically racial affinity. But we talk about brave spaces. How, how do we be more brave? Well, when we see that we have permission, when the space gives us permission to be vulnerable because of how the makeup of it, we can be authentic. We can take chances. then we can experience true healing of our wounds, true reflection of who we are, 
and potentially growth. Sometimes the result is just enough to allow me to go back into the world and be the best me that I can and just survive. Other times it goes beyond survival and it puts me into a thriving place. But that only comes when I'm allowed to be vulnerable, when I'm allowed to be open, when I'm allowed to be unedited. That's what happens when we get an affinity. And so I just love how Steve McQueen created this space, like captured this moment. I love how he captured the moment. And I'm gonna go back and watch Lovers Rock, but it just made me think about why it's the, the, the work that I do as director of BME's talk is so important. What we do is we create and curate safe, rich spaces for black male educators to connect, grow, and lead. It's that space to unmask. It's that space to be vulnerable. It's that space to be truly authentic because only in those spaces do we really get a chance to tap into our potential and begin to maximize it. It's not to say that it can't happen in other places, but it's, it's, it's more fluid when it comes in affinity. And not everybody feels that way. But I know that I need that. I know that I need to be around other black men to talk about, to reflect on my experience of being a black man, on my experience of being a husband, of being a father, of being an educator, and the challenges that we go through. That space is so important. The thing about it is, but they, they come very rarely, few and far between for black men. And so with BME's talk, we are intentionally creating it. We're not leaving it up to chance that we experience this affinity. I don't wanna leave it up to chance. And the interesting part is, when I, first, when I first started with Byron Duress, when we first started the chat back in 2017, which BME's talk chat, when we first started it, I didn't understand the power of, so I didn't understand the power of affinity. Like I, 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 I felt it because being on Twitter, in the educational Twitter space, it was primarily white, you know, and there weren't any Twitter chats anywhere where black male educators were connecting to talk about, you know, their issues, their challenges, things like that, which all the other chats offered up. Not that black male educators weren't welcome in other chats, but no, you know, severely where, where we're able to, to really address our own issues. And so we created this out of feeling, but I, I didn't, as I said, I didn't understand the power of it and so until I had a tough lesson to learn in a really great moment for our work with BME's talk so in 2019 in March um, through a partnership uh, with a, a teacher education professional development organization we held a luncheon in Chicago called BME's talk live Chicago it was our first live event so we took it from the Twitter chat into the uh, reels into a live conversation we had we invited 40 50 brothers 
um, from across Chicago and those who are attending this conference nationally. Um, so we have brothers from you know over 20 different states and so on and so forth. And so we we had we are creating this affinity space. And my wife was there supporting us. I, I, black women, I just power, joy, authenticness, like is can see before we can see. In some instances, not all, but like that. That's why we're joined together. Right to be able to collectively expand our visions together. She could see what we had created. And so she had told me at the beginning, she was like, okay, I'm not going to enter this space at all. Um, this is for black men, this is your space. And I was like, well, that's not a big deal, whatever. Okay, you know, you're here working. But she said no, so she manned the table and checked people in while me and my team were inside coordinating everything. Well, it just so happened as we started to, to kind of get going and the men started coming to the room, um, a white man that I knew or had met at the conference, um, uh, in, I, unbeknownst to me, my wife knew because she was at the front desk trying to check people in, was saying that he wanted to peek his head into the room. And my wife was adamant about, no, you can't do that. And at one point in time, he pretty much bypassed my wife and walked into the space. We hadn't fully started, but we were getting there. And I looked around and I looked and was like, what is a white guy, you know, white male doing, doing in this space? I didn't think much of it. You know, he said his things and he left, right? Well, my wife, um, being the the visionary that she is, the 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 lover that she is, the the one who, who just is standing beside me, behind me, in front of me, just supporting me in that way, was infuriated. She was she was upset and very upset and and she talked to um she sat me and my team down it was william byron and um phil at the time uh we were you know making all that stuff happen in the room and sat us down and said that was not appropriate and we i just i just couldn't understand what her energy you know and and why she was so pissed off from it and she got even more upset at me because i didn't really understand what she was doing and how the white man interrupting interrupting a black affinity space, black male educator affinity space was inappropriate and unacceptable. I know that now. So fast forward to, uh, you know, I think it was a few days after we, we came back from Chicago to Atlanta, you know, she's still upset, you know, uh, at the event. And I was like, why can't you let it go? And all these, you know, all these other types of things. I didn't say, why can't you let it go? But I was just thinking about that. Right. And so then, you know, we had a talk and I said, talk to me. And she was just like, you, in a sense, you don't, re you don't realize that what you created was sacred space. When you bring together black male educators and affinity to discuss your issues, to connect on your levels, to be together with one another, right? To share your perspectives, you're creating safe, sacred space. And when that white man entered in, specifically after denying my or ignoring my directions, ignoring me and, 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 and the authority that I've been given to control who comes in and comes out of the room and then they come into the room. And then for me not to have as powerful of a reaction as she has for it to resonate with me in that way, she was infuriated with me. And so in that moment, she, she was teaching me that what we had created was, was sacred. And I carry that with me as we move forward that affinity space, black male educator affinity space, what we do at BME's talk is sacred space. Many of our brothers have talked about how just being in there, not having to come with, like they're, they're, the only entry pass you have is that you're a black male in education to come into that room. 
And we understand our experience. We're not a monolith, so we don't all have the same experiences, but we understand right away and we can get to it. We can begin unmasking ourselves and connecting with ourselves and growing and being vulnerable because ultimately what that allows us to do is heal. And I probably said this before, I, I like repeating myself often when I'm talking, it's just this chance to heal. And we can heal effectively together. We can heal in other spaces. We can take care of our other spaces, but there is something magnificently powerful about black men coming together to be. To, to really center their own thoughts, to make space for their own reflection, to, to put their ideas out there and have them challenged, and sometimes just to have them listened to without any prep, without anything else, just people to be able to get you. That's the power of affinity. And so that's what we do is we create these spaces because as I said before, they are rare. And I'm not leaving it up to chance for them to be created. This party scene, right, in Lover's Rock, episode two with Steve McQueen that he created, these are random chances that we can get healing, that we can get connected. Because all the conditions need to be right and we're, we're, we're you know, it's, 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 it's a chance that it happens. But imagine the power of being able to create these spaces, to make sure that there are trained, people into in the room to help to hold space to create the container for that to happen and that's why I read so much and I share so much and I started this podcast and thinking and why I, th I think it's, it's revolutionary what we want to create now what I'm creating what I've created with my team and BME's talk um, is unique to black male educators, but there are black male educator spaces. Then there's also other spaces where here in Atlanta that I know of, and they've turned digital like the uh, black man, I think project, um, black man can, which is, uh, in New York, based in New York is a, a connecting space, right? The Ndugu, uh, which is, uh, U-N-D-U-G-U Ndugu, um, uh, Brother Lou, Brother Gerald, and, and, and his team are doing it. Look them up on Instagram. Hold these spaces every weekend. But there, it's this space where we can connect with one another. Fraternities do it a lot of the Divine Nine. Um, the male fraternities that are there um, create these spaces. But so, so they do exist. What we want to do is increase and make more of them and have strategy for creating more of them. And if we can't do it in person, we do it digitally. This is why we have digital events and live events. But just getting back to just this this powerfulness of black men being an affinity but not just hanging out to shoot the shit that's a part of it but there's also space where we can show up authentically and talk about challenging issues have structured conversations and 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 i think the the the, the key is to listen in that party scene there were no words being said but a few of the brothers who were leading the space and could tune the energy were listening to the energy of the room. And that's key for, I believe, the success of BME's talk, the success in the other black male educator affinity spaces that I create with schools and in partnerships with districts and things like that, the strategies that we create and we build, right? It's, it's also creating a space to, 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 to listen, to be seen, and not necessarily, because you know, I, I say this a lot, like 
We as black men, like, I, I am my father's son. My father had an answer for everything. He had an advice for everything. He had a strategy for it. He had a reason for everything. So when I would come to him with stuff, he would immediately have an answer for it. He'd have an answer to everything that I was going through. And I thought that was beneficial. But then there was also some disbenefits too because I there are times where I've, I, I, I did not feel listened to. I did not feel heard because he was ready to give his response all the time. Like I have an answer for that because black men are socialized. Men are socialized, right? To believe that they have to have an answer to everything. And as a black man, we, we do have to have an answer. We're a protector, provider. All of these adjectives that describe our characteristics, right? We're nurturers and all this other, we provide security and things like that. We have to have an answer. So we're quick to really give our thoughts and our feelings. And sometimes we're so quick, we, we don't even know the situation. And we're giving answers based upon what our experience is, which has value. But remember it, but there's a need to remember that not our experience isn't the same. Not every black male educator, not every black male who's going through challenges with his partner are the same challenges and need the same solutions. There are some similarities, but not the same. When I'm working on my job in my school and I'm the only black male educator there, there are some other black male educators who can understand or, or empathize with me in my position of challenge, but they don't fully understand. And so the key, I think, for the success of BME's talk or the success of healing is to create space to help men listen to become better listeners to each other and hearers. Listeners verbally, vis visually, right? And energetically. And that's the that was the power of this dance scene is that all of that just, just came together. The, magically, whatever, in the moment, coincidentally. It came together. Because the brother was the brother who was in pain was suffering some issues that were unresolved. We don't know what they fully were, but you know we know that it has something to do with family challenges. Whoever knows whatever else might have came with that. The other brother who saw that his energy was at a different level than the room and he needed a release or there was something there, didn't have to ask him. What he did was held space. He listened energetically. He listened so well, he then created an opportunity for him to release. Wasn't advice, wasn't an answer, didn't have to explain, just made space. That was the power of that scene. That's the power that affinity groups have. That's the power that black BME's talk has. That ability to create that affinity space in, a, in the Twitter sphere, in the Twitter sphere, in the Zoom sphere, and also in person. We need that. I need that. I'm rejuvenated. I know that this work is important. Because when you enter that space, there is with an affinity with black men, when I enter, like there is nothing you have to come in with. There is no answer that you have to leave with. I'm not giving you some sort of preconceived, pre-boxed answer that you need to come out with. I'm creating a space for you to be. If you want to be silent, you can be silent. If you want to be vocal, you can be vocal. If you want to be in between, you can. 
you come sit at the table and you get a chance to sit at the table equally with everybody else. Share what you want. Hold what you don't. Hold what you do. Take away what you need in that moment. And then follow up later if you need something else specific. But many a times, I know my experience as a black man, I, I just need a room to listen or a, a, a fellow to listen. A brother to listen to me. Just to be heard, to have that, to resonate on the same energy level or similar energy level. Because, I mean, there's a lot of quotes out there, but it's like the answer is within me. It's just about, am I getting enough nurturing to be able to connect with that answer, to reflect, to grow that level of awareness? That's what BME's talk is about, is creating that space. That's why it's not, everything we do is intentional. The preparation, the training of facilitators, all of those things are intentional because we do not want to leave it up to chance because everybody is entering a room, a space, a community, even an affinity group with different experiences, different values, different, just everything is different and the room has to be ready to hold them. That's why we built BME's talk. So anyway, I just, I, I got to get ready to go into this appointment, but I just, I just wanted to share that just how powerful, you know, this, 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 this scene was, this movie, mini movie was, um, that Steve McQueen and his team have created. And, and I look forward to watching so many more episodes and actually diving back into Lover's Rock, um, which again is on Amazon Prime, uh, video, uh, check it out. I think it, it's, it's a five movie series. And so it's, it's. There's three that are out currently episode as a as a as a, the time of this recording and two more coming. I look forward to watching the third, the fourth and the fifth. Um, but again, if like I want to hear from you, you know, if you know, what does affinity space mean to you? How have you functioned? Have you experienced it before? Not experienced. Does it make you nervous? Does it make you excited? Do you look forward to it? Do you long for it? You know, because I think. You know, not everybody is 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 understands affinity space and is comfortable moving in them because it's a new experience. It was a new experience for me as a black male. But it is something that I've learned, come to learn that is very powerful and is very sacred, thanks to my wife, thanks to helping me translate what the feeling was into words. So that's another episode of Ayodele Speaks. I'm Ayodele Harrison. I thank you for taking a moment. Please, as always, like, favorite, become a subscriber, follow me on this, wherever you're hearing this. Leave a comment in the chat and share this with, with another brother um, or sister or whoever else to, to share, to have them, you know, um, just deepen their understanding about the power of affinity. Because affinity does not mean that it's segregationist or separatist. We can still exist in affinity and be a part of a whole as well. It's just that there's some powerful work that can come in affinity that might not be available in other spaces. So anyway, I'm Ayodele Harrison. Hey, I look forward to talking to you next time, next episode. Peace.